What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 549 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is January 4th, 2024. Hopefully everybody is doing well. On the show today, some 2024 predictions, the calendar year. So not just the 2024 season, but the calendar year. I have 10 of those. If you agree, disagree, let me know. You can be in the live chat here on YouTube, or if you're watching on replay, you can be in the comments. If you're on the podcast platforms, Feel free to at me on social media, at Talking Friars, on Instagram, Twitter, um, and or you could just go to the YouTube video, the, the live show, and or the replay of it, and then comment there. But yeah, I appreciate everyone for being here. There was some news that just came down that could be related to the Padres, so I will get into that here in just a moment. First, though, I wanted to get into the Dennis Lynn article that was put out, I believe, today. From Dennis and The Athletic, just going over what has happened with the Padres here over the last couple of days. The Padres uh, adding Wu Suck Go. If you missed it, the contract is two years, $4.5 million, $1.75 million in 24, a $2.25 million salary in 25, a $3 million mutual option in 26, or a $500,000 buyout. So that's how it adds up to 4.5 mil at least. Uh, the Padres are paying a $900,000 Posting fee to the LG Twins, who were Wu Suk Go's former club in the KBO. The Padres have not, and I'm not surprised by this, they have not guaranteed save opportunities for Go or for Matsui. Robert Suarez, according to Dennis Lynn, and I think according to just, you know, regular, um, probably smart thinking Padres fans, Robert Suarez is the favorite to handle the bulk of the ninth inning duties, as Dennis Lynn puts it. He's the one with the experience in Major League Baseball. He has experience pitching in those high leverage situations as well in Major League Baseball. So that's not a surprise there. 139 saves, a 2.39 ERA for Wusuk Go in the past five seasons, 25 years old, big ground ball pitcher, mid-90 uh, fastball, has touched 98, curveball, cutter, Padres, they needed to add some bullpen pieces, right? Miss uh, Losing Josh Hader, Nick Martinez, Luis Garcia, Tim Hill. And so they've added Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez. Both of those guys, by the way, according to Mike Schilt, they will get an opportunity to fight for a spot in the rotation. We know Michael King's going to be in it, but he grouped those guys together. So yeah, King guarantees what it seems like. And then Brito and Vasquez will get a shot. I think Vasquez probably has the better opportunity to be a starter. I think Brito's good in the bullpen. Um, but yeah, bringing in Matsui, bringing in Go, they have Suarez. Bringing in Luis Patino, we'll see if he makes it onto the big league roster. Bring in, right, Brito and Vasquez, Daniel De Los Santos. Um, and then you add that to the guys that are here. Morhone, we'll see if he can be healthy. Got Cosgrove, got Steven Wilson. Um, and then maybe there's going to be some minor league guys that will be coming up. So I like where the bullpen is at right now. Obviously, the focus needs to be on the rotation, getting a couple of outfielders, a bat, hopefully a couple of bats. And that's where I lead now. Dennis Lynn mentions the Padres opening day payroll luxury tax figure at one, uh, excuse me, opening day payroll 156, the luxury tax figure $212 million. 
And the New York Mets just signed Harrison Bader to a one-year deal worth $10.5 million. If I were the Padres, I probably would not have done that considering the budget. You have a lot of needs to fill. And Harrison Bader, let's be honest, what would he have done for this Padres team? He would have been a right-handed hitter. Good defense, but he would have been a righty. They need lefties. And he would have been probably at the bottom of the order. So they can go get that elsewhere for cheaper. They can sign is Kevin Pillar. Would that be the guy that you have him play center field? And hopefully he can be healthy till Jacob Marcy is ready. You can make a trade. Max Kepler has played center field in the past, but maybe they have him go play left. Maybe Tatis ends up playing center field because that's the easiest thing for the Padres. They move Tatis to center. You can bring in corner outfielders. There's more better hitting corner outfielders out there. And there usually always is that makes sense for the Padres on like one-year deals than center fielders. You know, Kevin Pillar, okay. Michael A. Taylor, I mean, he's coming off, I think, a better year than Harrison Bader, if I remember if I remember correctly. And the Minnesota Twins, you don't want Byron Buxton as your only option there in center field. And Michael A. Taylor, if he's comfortable there, I know the Twins are lowering payroll, but he may just go back there. What if the Cubs can't bring back Cody Bellinger? Do they go get some outfielders that the Padres may be interested in? So on the free agent market, I'm really looking at corner outfielders right now. And maybe the Padres, we don't see center field get resolved until later, like closer to spring training, where they just go and get a one-year guy that has a good glove. And the corner guys are better offensive guys and can produce. And I'm not saying they'd be at the top of the order. I think Max Kepler probably would be near the top to be because he's a lefty. And you can, you know, put him in between some of the righties there at the top. But they'd be better offensively than Kevin Pillar or whoever they put in center field, assuming that it's going to be Tatis staying in right field. He's played right. He played some center field in the Dominican Winter League for his dad's team. But he's playing right field. He made a great running catch the other night. I know Padres fans were pretty worried. They saw just for like a split second, he kind of slipped there as he was running in from the outfield off the, the wall down the line but seems like he's all good we're there there's nothing there's no reports out there that health wise he's not good and i think he is getting close to ending his stint there in the dominican winter league for i think astraeus is the team that he's playing for there um so look tatis they have his Ocar and cal mitchell i guess that's the outfield right now because that Atlanta Braves double A guy that they acquired. I don't think you're putting him in there, putting him in left field. Like that's really what the outfield is. Remember Taylor Colway, he I think is with the Mets as well. By the way, I was not expecting Harrison Bader. I was I'm not surprised that he got 10 mil from someone, 10 and a half mil, but I wasn't expecting it to be from the New York Mets. I mean, don't they have Brandon Nimmo in center field? I guess you need someone to play left field. Maybe they have Nimmo slide over or they have someone else play one of the corners and then because they have Starling Marte as well, although he has dealt with some injury issues. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they do there, but I was not expecting Bader to go there, but Hey, the Padres Kiermaier, they lose out on him. I don't know how interested they were in these guys. I don't think that they were going to pay double digits uh, in terms of millions. So like 10 plus million dollars to Harrison Bader, to Kevin Kiermaier. If you're going to pay that, I want it to be to someone that's going to give you some offense. And those guys are not known to give you like great offense. And it's good defense, but Jose Zocar is okay in center field. 
You know, you can go get someone that's serviceable there in center field for a lot less money. And I mean, let's be honest, if you want to spend money somewhere right now, where do you want to spend it? You probably want to spend it in the rotation because I mean, it's a pitcher's market right now. Like they're getting paid. I think that there's going to be trades. I don't think that it's just going to be all for agency. The Padres have about $25 million before they get to the 237 number for the CBT after this Woosuck go signing. So, I mean, you got to fill two outfield spots, bench, a few rotation guys, right? Because you want some depth as well. You don't just want to bring in one starter and then you have Avila, Waldron, Vasquez, Brito fight for the last. I guess if you bring in one, they'd be fighting for the five spot. I think you still want more depth than that. Maybe that's just me, but I think you still want more depth than that. So hopefully they bring in a couple of arms and there's still that bat, first base DH bat, right, that you would think that they'd want to acquire. How much is that going to cost or is that going to be via trade? So A.J. Preller is going to be able to get the job done like he has to. That You have to have a roster. But I'm very curious to see where he goes with this because center field, that market... It's it keeps getting thinner and the market wasn't even that good. Like, let's not talk about Cody Bellinger. We got to be realistic. The Padres are not going to give Cody Bellinger two hundred million dollars. Um, and Harrison Bader goes to the Mets. Kevin Kiermeyer goes to the Blue Jays. I'm not feeling great about the Padres chances of landing Michael A. Taylor. And he's a righty as well. He can go get it in center field. No doubt about that. He's coming off of a good year. But the Padres, I think they want some lefties. Now, if it's a good defensive center field and it's cheap, I think Pilar is a righty as well. Maybe that they're just fine with that and they'll wait for Marcy or that's just how they're going to roll with it because they prioritize having better offense from the first base, the H-bat that they get, the left fielder that they get. Maybe they acquire someone via trade, a center fielder that we're not even thinking about. Um, but yeah, another option is off the board and... I guess Tatis to center field is still a possibility, but I would not bet on that. Um, okay. I got to the Dennis Lynn article. Um, by the way, I did want to go over real quick what Mike Schilt kind of went over in his presser yesterday because I did not get to that. My show yesterday was before the Mike Schilt presser. And then we'll get to the 2024 predictions. I'll get to the chat. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat. Thank you all for the time today. Uh, Mike Schilt, so yesterday, the main talking points, six former managers on the staff. Ryan Barba will organize spring training, be kind of like the chief of staff with scheduling, the communication with the other teams on the lineups, um, communication with the grounds crew, when are they taking BP and fielding and all that little stuff. So what Mike Schilt is doing here, like there's talk about how there's no one bench coach. I don't think that should be that big of a talking point because, I mean, this is just how baseball is nowadays. There's some teams that don't have the traditional bench coach. There's some teams that do, but then they don't have a hitting coach, right? Like this year, Padres, they have a hitting coach with uh, Victor Rodriguez, who used to be with the Red Sox, the Guardians, or Indians back then, but they don't have a bench coach. Last year, they had, I guess, a bench coach, associate manager Ryan Christensen under Bob Melvin, but they didn't have a hitting coach. Although we knew that it was Ryan, it was uh, yeah Ryan Flaherty, and then there were some other guys, including Mar Morgan Burkhart. So Ryan Barba, organized spring training chief of staff, um, he gave the example of how he can simultaneously have Mike McCoy, who's going to be one of the coaches on staff, not that Mike McCoy, but the one that has been with the Padres, 
have him get a pinch hitter ready, prepared for whoever is going to be on the mound for the opposing team, while Barba, let's say, can get a pinch runner ready and get him ready for, okay, how fast does this guy throw over? Does he throw over? Is he comfortable throwing over? What's his time to the plate? How, what does this catcher's arm look like? Instead of having that, instead of having like the traditional bench coach who he's talking to, who it seems like could be Brian Esposito, um, who could be the dedicated guy Schilt talks to about game strategy and not have him be interrupted in other areas where he has to go get someone ready to go. That all can be happening at the same time. So I don't think it's that big of a deal not having a bench coach. And I think Mike Schilt explained that pretty well. Um, Schilt talked with Terry Francona, former manager, obviously, probably going to the Hall of Fame, raved about Victor Rodriguez, the hitting coach for the Padres, who Schilt has known since he was 12, because Schilt has background of being around minor league baseball parks, uh, because I think his dad or someone in the family worked in minor league baseball, so he was always around. Um, Schilt also said Vasquez Burrito King will be in the conversation to start. I think... I mean, I'm leaving the door open to Vasquez being the five starter, him or Avila, or they they share time as the five starter if the Padres can't get a couple of arms that are like big league, yes, guaranteed in the rotation. Maybe they only get one arm and then they spend money on a bat in the outfield. They spend money on another bat, first base DH. Um, we'll see. But yeah, I'm not surprised. Of course, they're going to be in the conversation. Even if they had some starters, they would be in the conversation because you have to leave that door open. There are possibilities in spring training where these guys could shove and very they could impress. And what if someone gets hurt in spring training? What if Musgrove drops a kettlebell on his toe? What if someone, you know, I'm not, I don't want that to happen, obviously. I hope that Joe Musgrove's going to get Cy Young votes this year. Like, I, I really hope that. Um, but things happen. Things definitely happen in spring training. Or it could happen in the offseason. Someone could get hurt today during a workout. So you, you just never know. You can have you can never have enough pitching. I remember Jesse Agler. He came on my show. He was the first guest I ever had on this show. Maybe some that for some reason you were listening to me back then when I didn't really have an audience, but this was years ago, 2021. I didn't have like this YouTube show. It was me recording Jesse Agler on my phone and recording it, I think to my laptop or maybe it was my iPad, but it was, it was definitely not this. Like I've, I've advanced for sure with this show, but in that interview, this was when Mackenzie Gore was still on the team. I think maybe he was just debuting and I was talking about needs for the Padres and he, you can never have enough pitching. And he, I, that always stuck in my, in my head. You can never have enough pitching. Oh, we're good on pitching. No, we're never good on pitching. You may seem like it may seem we're good on pitching. Like, for the bullpen example, for example, it seems like we're good there with the bullpen, but the Padres should still add some depth arms that could pitch in AAA El Paso, just in case. Um, maybe Luis Patino is going to go down to AAA El Paso. Maybe Adrian Marjone's going to be down there. Maybe they bring in other guys that have been in the organization or other guys that are not with other organizations to be down in AAA El Paso because you always need that depth because you, you never – finish a season with the same 13 guys on the pitching staff that you had on opening day. Remember last year, Domingo Tapia, right? How long did that last? And Ray Kerr coming up and down. There's injuries that happen. You know, Steven Wilson gets hurt. And then Tom Gosgrove, uh, he ends up pitching pretty well at times during the year. Like just different guys. Robert Suarez had the injury and then he comes back and that affects things. So you can never have enough pitching. And then obviously in the rotation last year, 
Waldron was pitching some games. Avila was pitching some games. Jackson Wolf made that start, I think, in Detroit. So you can never have enough pitching. Um, so, yeah, of course, getting back to Schilt, Vasquez, Brito, King will be in conversation to start. Of course, he's going to say that. And they should be in the conversation to start. And then one other thing that he said, third base coach Tim Leeper is like a human Red Bull, which so a lot of energy. So that's good. Obviously, big league coaching experience. He's known Tim Leeper for a while. I think he said like 2015, something like that. He has experience coaching for Team Canada. So it seems like this is a good Mike Schilt coaching staff. And that's what I want. Like we might not know a ton about these names, but it was important for the Padres. And it seems like it was important for Mike Schilt to have some guys that have been in the Padres organization come up, be with the big league coaching staff and look at Mike Schilt's career. I mean, he was with the Cardinals for a long time before coming up. So I think he appreciates those guys that are down there at the minor league level. And it's like, these guys can help. I was able to help with the Cardinals. I know what I'm talking about. These guys know what they're talking about and they can help with some of the younger guys that will probably have to come up at some point in 24 and 25 to help this team at the big league level because the Padres, the, the, the payroll situation is different than what it was in years prior. So that's mainly what Mike Schilt, those were some of the takeaways from Mike Schilt's presser yesterday, talking about the coaching staff. Um, and now I want to get to, I'm going to get to the chat. Don't worry. I will definitely get to you, but I want to get to my 2024 predictions. These things can change 10 predictions that I have. Yeah, definitely can change. Um, it's hard to like, I'll probably do another 2024 prediction show, like right before the season, like season predictions. And I can add players because players, other players will be on the roster that are not on the roster right now. We'll have a better sense of roles on the roster, probably, and who could be contributing. Here, it's some, it's, it's the main guys, and then it's some other stuff that doesn't include the players. So, I'm gonna get to that after this break. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, so my 2024 predictions, I'm going to start off with Fernando Tatis Jr. He's going to win the National League MVP. And I think maybe I'm being biased because I'm a Padres fan and I know that Fernando is super talented. And last year, while he was playing, you know, hurt, I assume a little bit, like with the shoulder, he played almost every game that he could play. Obviously, he had the suspension, that he, but he played almost every game that he could play. And we saw Ronald Acuna Jr. just take the MVP this past season after taking a year to kind of have to adjust, come back after his injury. Remember, he did not contribute in the postseason to that Atlanta Braves World Series team. So this is, I mean, think about it. Tatis, it was not an injury. It was something else. Well, kind of injury. He was coming back from it, then got suspended. But think about 22. Padres go on the run, no Tatis. Braves go on that run, no Acuna. The next year, Acuna takes a little bit of time, and then 2023, look what happens. Tatis takes this past year. You know, there, there were some things that could be improved. It was a good year, but it was not a great year for Tatis standards, right? Takes a little bit of time, and now this next year, maybe he can go win the MVP. And I think this is a great year for him to go win the MVP. Because 
there isn't Juan Soto on the team. I think that helps a little bit. And Shohei Otani, he's not pitching. He's not the two-way player this year. And sure, the Dodgers are going to get a lot of the attention. Maybe Mookie wins it. Maybe Freddie wins it. Maybe Matt Olson wins it with the Braves. Like, there are a lot of different possibilities. Maybe Manny wins it. Maybe Bryce Harper wins it. But Tatis, this is a guy that I could see have 30-plus home runs, maybe 40, like he had in 2021. Gold glove again in right field, let's say. 30-plus stolen bases, 90-plus RBI, 900-plus OPS. I could see that from Fernando hitting at the top of the order if he can stay healthy. I mean, and this guy, I think, is motivated for sure to like put this team on his back and go make the postseason after what happened this past year. Win it for Peter Seidler. That's also sort of my reasoning for something else here in a little bit, one of my other 2024 predictions. So maybe he's not going to produce the same Acuna numbers, but I could definitely see Fernando winning the MVP in 2024. And so he is my NL MVP pick for 2024 as of now. Could change, but that's it right now. Uh, my next prediction, Xander, he will get MVP votes. Now, I'm not saying top five or anything like that, but look at the past years from Xander Bogarts. Not last year, but the Red Sox years. He can hit over 300. He plays 150-plus games. Like, he, this guy, I, he was solid at shortstop. He, he was not bad at shortstop. So I could see him bouncing back. He got votes each of the past five years in Boston before this past year with the Padres for MVP votes. Three bad months this past season. Is that going to happen again? Is he going to hurt his wrist? Was it a couple times that he hurt it? I know he hurt it at least once. Is that going to happen again? Because when he wasn't hurting, guess what? He played pretty darn well. September, April, I think there was one other pretty decent month in there. But I could see him have a huge bounce back here uh, I don't think he's going to win the MVP, but I could see him getting MVP votes. That's for sure. If you disagree, I'm sure plenty of people will disagree. They're probably not the biggest Xander Bogarts fans, but you can let me know in the comments in the chat there. Another one I have, fans won't feel as bad about the Juan Soto trade at season's end. I'm not saying because like Soto's going to suck with the Yankees. I think he's probably going to go win the AL MVP with the Yankees. But because I think that we're going to see the impact of Michael King. This could be our Seth Lugo this year. Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez. I think one of those guys could be the Nick Martinez of 2024 for this Padres team. Um, Drew Thorpe, we'll see if he ends up coming up. Hopefully he can come up at some point, and there's upside there. So, I th And I think Padres fans will realize we weren't going to bring Soto back. We can still win without Juan Soto. If we make the postseason without Juan Soto, and these guys can help that, I, I think that, yeah, fans won't feel as bad about trading about having about the Padres having to trade Juan Soto for financial reasons to create more flexibility so that they could build more of a complete roster. I get fans are going to be pissed off about it right now, and fans probably will still be pissed off about it because of the what if. What could have happened if Soto was still on the team? But you wouldn't have had Michael King, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, Drew Thorpe. Remember Kyle Higashioka as well. Let's not forget about that. What if Luis Camposano gets hurt? Higgy could have a huge role for this Padres team. Even if Campy doesn't get hurt, he could have a significant role for this Padres team there as a valuable guy for Campy to learn from and as well for him to be playing and give Campy some days off. Um, sorry, if you hear that in the background, that is a washer that is moving, so I apologize for that. Um, hopefully you're not hearing that too much. 
Uh, my next one, 150-plus games for Manny Machado. I think this guy is as hungry as any of these Padres players. He is probably pissed off from what happened this past year. He is pissed off that the Dodgers, got Otani, Yamamoto, all these guys, Glass now, they're getting all of this love. And I understand why they're getting all the attention. But I think he's pissed off, obviously, that they missed the postseason. And I think he's pissed off, looking back on it, or at least he should be, about the team's performance when this was Peter Seidler's last year as the chairman of the team this past season, before he ended up passing away. So I think he has a chip on his shoulder, motivated, and he has not got to the World Series with this Padres team. And this, he knows this is one of his prime years left on this contract, and he wants to win one for San Diego. He knows that he will be a legend in San Diego if he can go win a World Series for this city. No doubt about that. He's already loved by the fan base, and I think he's really motivated. And, if, and he's someone that can play 150 games, even hurt. Like most guys, oh, I'm going to go on the IL for a few weeks. We saw in 22 when he had to put the team on his back. I'm not saying he's going to have as good of a year as Tatis. I think Tatis can have a better year. But I think that Manny will probably get MVP votes then. If he has a really good, if he plays 150 plus games, I think he could have MVP votes. And I think that he's going to get to 150 plus games. I'm not going to predict like stats for Manny right now. Um, I probably want some more updates on his health before I start doing that. But yeah, 150 plus games for Manny is a prediction that I have. Again, these things could change, but I'm feeling good about it right now. And hopefully I can talk with uh, Manny's trainer again this offseason at some point. We usually do that every offseason. I've already talked with Joe Musgrove's trainer. You can check that out uh, if you did not see that. I think that was a few weeks ago. He is great, by the way. Jonah Green, he is great. Um, next one, Schilt over Melvin. San Diego will have a better year than the San Francisco, than the San Francisco Giants. I don't think that's like this hot take. I think the Giants are still a little bit away, regardless of if they sign Cody Bellinger or Matt Chapman. I still like the Padres offense over the San Francisco Giants. And I think that these guys on offense aren't going to have bad, down, really disappointing seasons like they had this past year. So I think that Schultz has more talent than, Sam, than Melvin has in San Francisco. And Melvin wanted to go to San Francisco. Okay, well, you know. Another man's trash is another man's treasure. Is that the saying? Shoot, here you go. Here's your treasure. I think that the Padres will, you know, third place in the division. Like, I don't want to say that. That's going to sound bad. But I think they'll at least end up in third place, maybe second place. We'll see what happens with the D-backs. But I think they can end up at least in third place in the division. And we'll see what happens in the postseason. Right now, they're not a postseason team because they don't have a complete roster. I think we should save that talk. Until, you know, going into the season when we know the roster more and, you know, the ro the, the offseason, I should say, has played out. Um, next one here. Yes, Padres make the postseason. Like I just said, I can't say that right now. Definitively, I can't say, oh, is this a postseason team? Yes. But I'm assuming that AJ is going to make some moves here because he has to. And I don't know who those guys are going to be. But I look at the core talent on this team with Fernando. I think he's going to have a huge year. Manny, a bounce-back year and be healthy. Bogart's a bounce-back year. Kim, keep playing the way you are. Campy, hopefully he can be healthy. Musgrove, Darvish, King in that rotation. We'll see what happens with the rest of the rotation. I'm, I'm assuming he's going to pick up one starter. Maybe it's going to be via trade. It's going to be a controllable arm, let's say. 
bullpen, I like where the bullpen's at. I like Mike Schilt, and it seems like he's put together a decent coaching staff. So I, I, I'm right now, you know, assuming that some other moves are made, I think the Padres can at least get in in that last spot in the postseason. And that's me probably being trying. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be super positive because this offseason hasn't fully played out yet. Um, so I'm not just going to sit here and be super negative about the team when I don't know what the other moves are going to be. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to say Padres make the postseason. But again, this could all change. This is just early 2024 predictions. This could change. Let's say if AJ Preller doesn't make some moves here and it's Jacob Marcy on opening day and maybe it's Merrill in left field, let's say, or someone random in left field that we weren't expecting and the rotation, it's this. And they bring back Garrett Cooper and, okay, you bring back Profar, all right. Then maybe I'll change my tune on it, but assuming that some other moves will be made, I think that this team can be at least that last wild card team. Um, another prediction I have, Jackson Merrill does not get traded and he will play the outfield in 2024. Not saying he's going to play the outfield full time. I think he's probably more of a utility role guy when he comes up. I want him playing every day, but you can still play almost every day while switching around different positions. I mean, you want to keep Manny healthy. You can have him DH a little bit. You want to keep Tatis healthy as well, but I think he's going to play the field a lot. Um, who is going to be the center fielder, right? So. If, let's say, they acquire Max Kepler or something and he can play center, you can move Kepler from left to center if you don't want to have a Zokar or whoever you have playing center field. You don't want Marcy playing center field every day. Matchups, you can have Kepler play um, center. You could have Merrill go play left because he has played some left field. Nathan Martorello was talking about that on the show the other day. Um, so I think Merrill will come up. He will not get traded, and he will play some outfield for the Padres in 2024. AJ Preller hot seat articles will come out. I don't think that's a hot take, but that's one of my predictions for 2024. He has to be on the hot seat. I think he's already on the hot seat. And he may, if he talks to Ben and Woods or some outlets, some media outlets, and they ask him about his job security, he's just going to say, I'm not worried about that. And I'm just trying to construct the best baseball roster possible. And I like our core players. And I have a good relationship with Kutsunda and Gruppner and everyone else. Like, I'm not worried about that. I can't be worried about that right now. But, I mean, this is this is a fact. Like, he has to win this year, right? Now, we might have different versions of, like, the level of winning he has to get to. But he has to win this year. He has, has to make the postseason to keep his job, I think. And maybe that's too low of an expectation for us to have. But... We don't know what the rest of the roster is going to look like. We don't know what the rest of the rosters of the other National League teams are going to look like, right? So, I mean, yeah, you've been to two postseason appearances, and one of them was in a short season where in the postseason your pitching fell apart because it wasn't healthy. Two postseason appearances, and you've been here for, what, nine seasons? This is going to be his 10th year? 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21, 2, 3. Yeah, he's nine seasons, two postseason appearances. If he goes 10 and doesn't make the postseason, that's 20%. That's it. 20% postseason rate. And one of them was a short season. Like, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable, especially with the payroll, the the change in ownership. Not talking about side of the two could send a, but 
from Fowler to Seidler where the spending increased so much. You were allowed to bring in these star players to only make the playoffs once so far in that era. Because I'm not, maybe I should count 2020 with that. But again, it was a short season and they didn't have Xander, Soto, Haters, um, Snell yet, right? Musgrove yet, Darvish yet. That was still, 2020 was Paddock. Weathers was coming out of the bullpen, right? So, and Paddock, they didn't even trust him to pitch in the postseason. It was Craig Stammen pitching in game three of the wildcard series and having this epic bullpen game that somehow Jace Tingler, like the best managing performance he ever had, somehow was able to navigate through the Cardinals and win that game. Um, so, I mean, really one postseason appearance and that's sandwiched in between. That's the meat of the sandwich of a collapse in 21 and the most disappointing season in franchise history in 2023. So, yeah. The, the articles will probably come out. There's probably going to be some sources about maybe it's not Padre sources. Maybe it's Major League Baseball executives like, yeah, I mean, he has to win. I think he is going to be on the hot seat. Or maybe it is some Padre sources like, yeah, there's there's probably some pressure on AJ right now. Um, so we'll see what happens and we'll see if he makes some moves because he feels like he has pressure. He's not going to say he will do that. And if he does do that, he's going to play it off as this was the smart move. For now, we're trying to win now. If he has to deal Merrill or he has to deal Snelling or has to deal Lesko or someone like that, we're trying to win right now. Um, and that also can mean I'm trying to save my freaking job right now. But yeah, I think he those hot seat articles, at least one, will come out here in 2024. Um, two more. Attendance won't be as high in 2023. 3,271,554 was the total. I looked on ESPN. That was the total for Petco Park attendance this past year. Padres fans showed up, no doubt about that. I mean, you deserve applause. No doubt about that. Absolutely deserve the applause. Credit to you. This team in 2023 did not deserve to have that many fans show up with the way that they were playing, and then players admitting to quitting and saying that they needed urgency, and then later saying, no, we're not desperate, and kind of like flip-flopping and guys admitting that they didn't have enough urgency at the beginning of the year, and the GM and the manager hate each other. Like, a lot of things happened where didn't they didn't deserve all those sellouts, but Padres fans showed up. I don't think it's going to be that high. The average attendance last year was 40,389. I'm not saying that Padres fans are going to, you know, make it go back to 2017, where, or 20, yeah, probably 2016, 2018, maybe even as well, where it's a Tuesday night and it's like half full. I have pictures um, on my phone of those crowds and I had pictures of the crowds and you know, probably how old was I? I have a picture on my phone. I think with my cousin, Jacob at Petco park. Maybe that was like 2009, 2010. I forget, but it was not packed ballparks for sure. Uh, yeah, it was probably not. Maybe it was not, maybe it was like 2011 then 2012, but it was not packed ballparks. Obviously I'm not saying it's going to get to that level, but I think, it's going to be hard to top 2023. So it's not like a, 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 uh, a negative towards Padres fans in 2024. It's more of a good job Padres fans in 2023. Like how much better can you get attendance wise than what it was in 23? There's not as much hype in 24 for this Padres team. I don't think than there was, I mean, last year going into last year was the most anticipated exciting season going into it, right, in probably Padres history. Obviously, I'm not as old as some people that are listening or watching this show, so I wasn't there to experience going into 
98 or going into 99 other seasons like that but i mean there was so much excitement just look at fan fest last year right i don't think it's going to be like that attendance wise i think padres fans are going to show up i think that they can get to over three million fans for sure but i'm not saying that or i'm what i am saying is i just don't think it's going to get over that like that's just a hard that's a high bar to get over so hopefully you get what i'm saying there and then the last one Hassan Kim, this will be his last year in San Diego. I don't think that is a bold prediction. I don't think Jake Cronenworth is going to get dealt. Although Dennis Lynn and, uh, or no, just Dennis Lynn, he did say in his article that the Padres, and he's already reported this, I believe. Where is it? The Padres, they've indicated a willingness throughout the offseason to listen to trade offers for Kim and Jake Cronenworth. I don't think Cronenworth is going to get dealt with that contract. I just don't see it. And with Kim, Maybe he gets dealt. Well, guess what? It still fits that this is his last year with the Padres. You know, 2024, he's on the team right now in 2024. This will be his last year. So whether he gets traded or not, if he doesn't get traded, I think he's going to go somewhere else and get paid the Dansby Swanson contract if he can perform again like he did last year. And, you know, or if he gets better, maybe even more than that. He's super valuable, but the Padres have made their bed and they've got to lay in it now. And I just don't see Hassan Kim being here past 2024. We'll see if he is here. All season long, we'll see if he gets traded this offseason. Um, it seems like he's not going to as of now, but a lot of things can change. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe there's a team out there that will give the Padres that high package that the Padres are going to be demanding, and rightfully so for Ha-Sung Kim, because they don't want to pay the, the free agent prices for any infielders that are left. It's not that strong, right? Unless I'm blanking on some in, some infielders. It's not very strong, and one year, seven mil for Kim, I think teams would love to have that right now. Um, and I think those teams would probably have a better shot at extending Hassan Kim than the Padres would right now because the Padres just, it just doesn't make a lot of sense for the Padres financially, other guys that are on the roster. Like, it makes sense because of the player Kim is, but you know what I'm saying. So those are my predictions. Tatis MVP, Bogarts will get MVP votes. Uh, fans won't feel as bad about the Soto trade at season's end. 150-plus games for Manny in 2024. Schilt over Melvin. Padres make the postseason. Merrill does not get traded, plays some outfield. Um, let's see. Preller, hot seat article, will come out, at least one. Attendance won't be as high as 2023. And Hassan Kim's last year in San Diego will be the 2024 calendar year. So... Let's go to the chat. Before that, I want to remind you of some of the great partners of the show. Foco, they've got some great, some great Padres bobbleheads and other collectibles over there. Click the link in the description for them. Um, breaking Tea, I already told you about Gaglion Bros, but Breaking Tea, they've got great shirts, sweatshirts, Padres, Aztecs, Wave. San Diego State, they got a win yesterday over Fresno State. And they play UNLV coming up this weekend. I did a reaction video last night on that. So you can check that out on this YouTube channel. And SeatGeek, code Talking Friars, $20 off your order there. You can save it for next Padres season. You can go put it on a, another uh, event, spend that money, use that discount on another event. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. They've got a lot of great pickums, a lot of sports underway, even though there's no baseball right now. A lot of sports that you can uh, make some selections on there. So again, code Talking Friars or click the link in the description 
100% deposit match up to $100 there. Um, let me check social media here just to make sure that there's no nothing I am missing. Um, as for the Tom, not Tommy Fam, he's not, he's a free agent. Um, I guess he's an option for the Padres as well, but he's going to want some money. He'll, he would start. I mean, you want a starting job. We've got two outfield spots open, so uh, we'll see. Um, the Harrison Bader thing. Andy Martino says Brandon Nimmo is not being moved permanently off center field. Bader will obviously play center field when he's in the lineup. So is that like a platoon, I guess, that they're going to do there? Or it will be Nimmo playing some right field or left field. That's what the Mets are doing. I was kind of, again, I was surprised. I said this earlier. I was surprised that the Mets ended up landing Harrison Bader, not financially, but just the situation that they have. Um, Andy Martino tweets, Blake Snell has privately expressed an interest in playing for the Yankees, which is interesting. A lot of people are saying he wants to be on the West Coast and all that. He being with the Yankees would be interesting because he listens to a lot of things, right? He sees things on social media. And we know that Yankees fans will boo everybody. They were booing Aaron Judge after he had an MVP season. They were booing him in the playoffs because he didn't do, uh, he didn't perform up to expectations in that postseason a um, couple years back. So that would be interesting. How much would the Yankees want to give him though? Would they go spend two hundred plus million dollars on Snell after just spending big on Rodon and then he gets hurt? I don't know. I, I, I knew why they were going in on Yamamoto. I mean, he's 25. With Snow, though, his two best seasons that he's going to have in his career are past him. Right? That doesn't mean he can't perform well. But just saying that that would be a risk. And I don't know how much the Yankees would want to commit to Blake Snow. I don't know when he's going to sign. Is he waiting for Jordan Montgomery? Is Boris just being real, like, strict on... We want 200. No one's given us 200. All right, Blake, you're not signing right now then. Is, is he waiting for trades to happen with these starting pitchers so other teams will be desperate and pay? I don't know. But Yankees being linked to Blake Snell there. Padres not even in the conversation, obviously. They just don't have the room. I mean, one year of Blake Snell, they'd be over the 237 CBT luxury tax number. So, yeah, let's... No one, please, no one have that in your head. I don't want you to be disappointed. It's just not going to happen. But yeah, that's all I'm seeing on social media. So let's get to the chat. What's up, everybody? I'm seeing you guys in the chat when you just came in. What's up, Eddie, Alc3Joe, Ari Fangeek? What's up? Ari uh, says, Robert Suarez got caught up with sticky stuff last year. Proves when things get tough for him, he will try to cheat. Was he actually, I mean, he appealed the suspension, right? And then. Did he drop it? I think he dropped it, right? Maybe that was him just saying, like, we're not going to make the postseason. I was holding out to see if we could get on a run here, and we didn't do it. I think that was during the Milwaukee series in Milwaukee, if I remember correctly, and Cronenworth got hurt, and it just it wasn't going well. So I think Suarez dropped it. Um, Irie says, does not want to see him facing Bryce Harper in the ninth inning. Well, who do you want to? Like, we don't know. Maybe Suarez is pitching really well. Remember, in 2022, I stand by this. I think Bob Melvin made the right decision having Suarez, and it wasn't the ninth, it was the eighth, right, in that game in Philly. I'm, I was fine with Suarez pitching to Bryce Harper. 
How Bryce laid off that changeup earlier in the count, I still don't know how he laid off that changeup. Like, that's credit to him. That was like the best at-bat of his freaking career. So sometimes you just got to tip your cap to Bryce Harper, one of the best hitters in the league, and just one of the best talents, like, on the planet. Um, I was fine with it. And you were going to have Hater pitch the ninth. Like, Suarez was pitching just as good, if I remember correctly. He was on that same level, trust-wise, with the Padres, as Josh Hader was. So I was fine with that. Now, you want the left versus left matchup, but if you listen to some people, they'll tell you the Padres had to really try a lot to get Hader to pitch four outs like once or twice, right? Didn't he do that in the postseason in 22? Like, it took a lot, and obviously he didn't do it this past year. You know, he had free agency coming up, and the Padres weren't in contention, and they weren't in contention, so he wasn't going to extend himself. And then he wanted to blame it on the Padres and say, it's a two-way conversation. It's a two-way. The phones are two ways. They could have called, and they didn't. Well, because they probably talked to you in the clubhouse before, and you probably made it clear or at least, you know, hinted to them that you didn't want to do that. Anyway, I'm fine with Suarez pitching in the ninth inning right now, uh, but that could change. But we, like, I'm thinking positive about Yuki Matsui, and our thoughts could change on that. want to think positively about y- Wu Suck Go. I keep trying to, I I keep saying you suck go, but it's woo suck go. We might be saying you suck go at some point, you know, know, in this 2024 season. You hope it doesn't happen, uh, but things can change. So I don't want to make any, like, statements right now. Like, I don't want Suarez in the night. I don't want to see that guy. Like, I don't know. It could be someone else that we're not even thinking about. Someone they acquired the deadline. It could be someone else. Suarez, Matsui go none of them maybe and someone else pitching in the night like a lot of things can happen in baseball Irie says MLB might be striking against Boris he might have to hook the Padres up with the fat discount and pay it off like it was for Papa Pete Cody Blake Profar package deal yeah Cody and Blake Bellinger and Snell that doesn't make sense for the Padres financially I wouldn't even do Bellinger even if it did make sense financially to be honest and Profar I think he I think Profar will come back to the Padres eventually. But that is not Scott Boris's priority right now to have Profar go sign back with the Padres. He's focused on all the other top free agents that are pretty much all him, all his clients the rest of the way. Devin says bullpen's filled up. Now they need two to three starting pitchers, two outfielders, one of three. One of three what? Or one. I don't know what you're saying there. Bullpen's filled up, yes. They need two to three starting pitchers, two outfielders, yes. I mean, the Padres could probably make an argument like one starting pitcher guaranteed, and then they have Avila, Waldron, Vasquez, Brito fight for the five spot. Maybe Patino if they want him to try. Um, I don't think you put Morahone in that spot. Like, just have him try to be healthy as a reliever. Like, let's just throw out, let's just not really try the starting thing anymore. Let's just try to keep him healthy for the bullpen and have him throw gas in the bullpen from the left side because uh, they do need you know lefties in that bullpen. Um, so maybe it's one major league guy and then they have some other guys and then the other guys that they bring in two or three other or two other pitchers let's say are depth guys. But yeah, I'd like them to bring in two starters because like you all you always need pitching. Like I said earlier in the show, always need pitching. 
Yeah, Bader over 10 mil for one year. The Padres were not going to do that. They weren't going to do that for Kevin Kiermeyer either. So not surprised that he's not with the Padres. Joseph says we need a Zavala and Lesko for Lizardo kind of trade. Hmm, would I give up Lesko for Lizardo? That's I would do it for Cease. I think I've said that, but Lizardo, that's interesting. Let me look up Lizardo. How many years of control would he have? Like three or four? Maybe it's like two. Okay, last year had a 3.58 ERA, had a 4.1 war, 200 plus strikeouts, 178 and two thirds innings. That's, I mean, that's better numbers than I thought he had in 23. What about the last year? 3.32 ERA, 100 innings. So this past year was like really the big opportunity that he had to make a bunch of starts. That's the first time that he's made 30 starts in a year. So, I mean, yeah, welcoming in Luzardo, that would be great. Maybe you would have to do that then. Yeah, because those numbers are better than I thought they were. Let me double check Luzardo's contract here real quick. Luzardo contract. And he's not making really any money, so that obviously helps. Three years of control. Estimate, less than $6 million would be the salary for 24. He's going to be 26. I'd probably have to think about it. I would prefer, I mean, are the Marlins trying to go win a World Series? I know Skip Schumacher would say that they are, but um, I would probably say give up Iriarte or Mazur, and then you give up Zavala there, those two, and then maybe give up someone else. Cease, I would do it. Luzardo. Dang, that that is a good, That's a that's a tough one, Joseph. I, I don't want to give up Lesko, but for three years of Luzardo, and I think he's a lefty, right? Yep, he's a lefty. If he's going to give you the 23 season that he just had, then Padres probably do it. But I would prefer do anything and don't give up Lesko. Like, I still want to see what Lesko can be. Um, Cease, Cease, though, is a little bit different because with Cease, at least if I remember correctly, let me pull up his numbers. Sorry, that's my washer again going off. Um, so last year, he made over 30 starts. He had a, he had 177 innings, over 200 strikeouts. So it's like the same as Luzardo. His war was not over four, though. It was less than three. But... The last three years, each of the last three years, he's made 30-plus starts. 165 and two-thirds innings in 21, 184 and 22, 177 this past year. Where Luzardo, the only time that he's gone more than 100 innings, or more than 101 innings, I should say, is 2023. And maybe that's because they're building him into being a starter, you know, every, you know all season long. But because I think he has dealt with some Injury issues. I guess I'd go with Cease because I feel like he's more of a known guy. I mean, he placed second in the Cy Young in 22. Um, and that's like a frontline guy. Luzardo, where would he go? Three or four in the rotation, probably? It would be interesting. I, I would prefer not to give up Lesko. Devin says, depth helped Braves, Astros, Giants, Cardinals, and Rangers win the World Series. Yep. Pitching depth as well. 
I mean, if you go look at those teams, they had some depth there. Yeah, Hoskins is probably on that unrealistic because what is he going to cost? 18 mil, maybe, one year, if, if it's a one-year deal. And then the Padres have 7 mil then to work with for starting pitching, a couple of outfielders. Yeah, I, I just don't see that happening. Jock Peterson is another option. I mean, that could happen, but what is he going to want? 14, 15 mil? That's just throwing out a number. I'm not even, I haven't even looked at Jock Peterson. Um, let's see what Fangraphs, for example, has his value at for 2023, where they take it like war and they convert it into what if he was a free agent that year? How much money would he have gotten? Oh, five mil. That's it. Wow. Okay. So he didn't have that good of a year then. What did he do in 23? 121 games, 15 home runs, 0.64. Weighted runs created plus of 111, so a little bit above average there, but not super impressive. So, I mean, if you can get him for five, six mil, I guess, yeah, but that he seems more like a DH guy, right? And I think the Padres probably want to keep that flexible and not have Jock taking up the DH role. But it is a lefty bat, and they're – he has shown that there is power in the bat. Yeah, hey, Carter, hopefully you're doing well as well. Hopefully everybody is doing well. I'm just seeing some comments in the chat here. Yeah, I hope, Jennifer, I hope Xander has a great 2024 season. When do pitchers and catchers start to report? For the Padres, it's probably earlier than like February 14th, 15th. It's probably right after the Super Bowl, whenever that is. So probably, yeah, I mean, because their season starts earlier than the rest of major league baseball. And there's the, they play games. I think they play a couple of games before they start the season. They play a couple of games in Korea or at least one. And then they play the Dodgers to start the season. And then they come back and they play is the Mariners or Rocky Mariners, maybe Rockies for a couple of games at Petco. That's in between, in between that is the Seidler Memorial I think that they're going to have at Petco. So details will be announced on that hopefully soon. Um, there's that. And then opening day for the rest of major league baseball, the Padres are hosting at home against the giants against Bob Melvin at Petco park. I think that Thursday. So yeah, it's going to be earlier probably than the rest of major league baseball. I don't, I don't I'm not so sure it's going to be February 13th through the 15th. It might be earlier than that, Jennifer. That's pro that is usually, I think what it is for just teams that start on like March 28th, whatever it is. But the Padres start earlier than that, earlier than that. And I don't know how Mike Schultz runs his spring training, how this how they plan on doing it. He probably wants a lot of looks at these guys because there's some there's a lot of figuring out to do with bullpen and um, like different spots. Where are they going to be in the bullpen? Who's going to make the roster? Who's going to be in the back end of the rotation? Who's going to be like the top depth guys in the minor leagues? And he probably wants to get a look at. Um, you know, the the top prospects, how they've developed, the the double-A guys, right? Yes, Gallo is out there, Jennifer. Yes, Gallo is someone that I have not been thinking about, but I probably should be thinking about because it's A.J. Preller. One of these years, he's going to be a Padre, right? I feel like there's been a bunch of talk about Joey Gallo. One of these years, he's going to be a Padre, you would think. And I don't think he's going to cost too much. I mean, he was sitting on the bench in the, the division series for the Twins. so. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think that he's going to cost too much. It would be a one-year deal. There's a lot of strikeout in that bat, though. Um, do we have a fan fest this year? I would guess not. I think the focus for the Padres is going to be on Peter Seidler, and I don't think they want to have a fan fest for that. And it wouldn't be as highly attended, probably. And remember, Gallagher Square is being worked on. There's a lot of work being done there. So they could have the players go sit on top of the dugout or whatever and do Q&A there. But um, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. I think that it's I think it's going to the focus they want to be on Peter Seidler. So I don't see a fan fest happening. If it does happen, it's probably going to be announced here shortly, right? Because fan fest happens. Does, did it happen in January or February? It happened like right before guys went to spring training, I think. So I remember Musgrove, he left, I think, right after FanFest to go to spring training. They do like the community stuff, going around the community, FanFest, and then some guys left for spring training. I'm seeing Tommy Pham being brought up. I would actually be into that move. I know he's not a big fan of some Padres fans. And based on the comments that I've heard those Padres fans make, I mean, rightfully so. Uh, I, I would not want to be called names and. Um, I would not want to be talked about like that by Padres fans, but if he can get a starting job and that's what he wants and you want urgency, Tommy Pham would give you urgency. He would make sure that there was urgency in that clubhouse and he works his butt off. Like those are the guys I want on this team. I know he's a righty, not a lefty, but I'm just saying he used to play for Mike Schilt. AJ likes him. I don't know how other players in the clubhouse feel about Tommy. I think that they respect his work ethic. Um, I don't think he's coming to the Padres, but I, I'd be open to it. I know he's not a lefty, but I would be open to it. Just based on the player and what the qualities that player gives. But he's coming off a good postseason and a pretty good year. So um, he's probably going to get, you know, 10 plus million dollars from a team, I would imagine. Yeah, Eddie Rosario, that is a name that I would welcome. I don't think that's going to be more than 10 mil. That would be like a one-year deal probably or an option because it's A.J. Preller. That's some lefty, lefty bat. I don't know how much power you'd get from him, but he has postseason experience for sure. All right, that's going to do it. Talking for hours, episode 549. I'm going to be on foul territory, by the way, on YouTube with Kratz, Pruszynski, Adam Jones, Scott Braun. At 1045 is when I'm scheduled to be on there. So tune in there, Foul Territory on YouTube, or you can watch it on replay. I'll probably post the links on social media as well um, when that gets done. So yeah, you can see me there as well so for some more Padres talk. I appreciate everyone's time. Thank you all so much, and I'll talk to you all later. See ya.